You are listening to Aldrin Simpia on SAFM, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. It is now 20 minutes after 4 o'clock and we move back again to what has become like the biggest story. And mind you that all of this is happening towards the end of the year. It is on the Parapara saga. Does President Cyril Ramaphosa have legal ground uh, to head to the Constitutional Court to take the Parapala report under review. The report says Ramaphosa has a case to answer to with regards to the theft that took place at his farm in 2020. After a few days of deliberating, his legal team said he will be taking the report under review. We are now joined by legal analyst Mpumelelo Zigalala. Mpumelelo, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. What grounds um, can the president possibly take this report on review on? The only ground that can come to mind is that of rationality, in which the president will allege that uh, the facts which were on the table um, were not enough or for the panel in order to make the conclusion that they arrived at. He may even cite and say he is the only person that has provided any credible statements or that they are relying on his CSA evidence. And on that basis, when you have to check the seriousness of which is one of the areas in which they were asked to, to, to test whether the information ought to go to an impeachment committee, would then say, on the information which is, has been provided, especially by me, this is not that it's of a serious nature, this is not of a serious matter, and basically there's no basis in order for this impeachment committee to go ahead. That's the only reason which I could find that maybe the courts could then be able to listen to and be able to adjudicate the matter. Is ESA evidence inadmissible considering the limitations that uh, such a panel has? Um, maybe let's, let's look at it in this sense and then say, would he be successful in that particular mm-hmm. application? And my answer would be no. Reason being, let's remember, he is the only person that has provided credible evidence when it came to this particular, uh, the, the work of the committee. And based on his own evidence and whatever admissions, the following things can be established. There's money which is involved we fund all our proceeds of a, of a business. You know that the president is not allowed to own a business, and it was stolen. It's a large amount of money, and that particular incident that actually took place was not reported in an ordinary manner in which you and I would report a certain matter or any criminal activity that had taken place. Now, from the point of view of parliament, then parliament has sat back and say, you know, we have a certain rules that we need to comply with, especially when it comes to the way in which we need to govern ourselves. To, to mind, you have your section 96, which is the corner of cabinet members and deputy minister. And there are very three crucial points in which parliament would then have to analyze this thing. They would have to say, parliament or president is not allowed to take it to undertake any other great work. Secondly, act in a manner which is inconsistent with their office, expose themselves to situations which there is a risk of conflict. Mm. And then lastly, not to use their position and information entrusted to them to enrich themselves or improperly benefit any other person. Now, if you then look at the side and the way in which things actually occurred, based on the statement submitted by the president, removing the other players and all the other people that are there, based on his own, then on, there is a prima facie point or elements that are there that give a suggestion that there may have been any other work that the president took place in. He may have put himself in a, in, a, in a position where there's conflict of interest. He may have used his position improperly in terms of um, 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 uh, going and, and saying to the SAPS member who is stationed near him for not for other reasons, just for looking after his protection mm-hmm. and saying, please look into my private matter. So that's what the committee was entitled to look at. And the committee came back and said, you know, 
we can't find conclusive proof. The president may or may not be guilty. However, we do feel that another committee which much more stronger power than us may come to a, a reasonable or much more plausible conclusion. That's what we recommend. That's all they said. Okay, so the other issue that has been raised as well is um, around the the conclusion that may have. Um, some saying that may have, meaning that there is no evidence that the president um, actually has violated those laws. But then others arguing that for the mere fact that there is a may have, it means on its own um, trigger another investigation where you'd have, for instance, with the impeachment committee, who has more powers to subpoena and so forth, and only then can the evidence be tested. However, though, this panel doesn't have such powers. The, 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 now, let's, let's go back to the mandate of the panel and look at it in the instance of them saying, to just establish whether these particular allegations are true, that there was a burglary that took place in one of the residences of the president and money was stolen. Is, is that true? Is, is, it, is it that the panel should check whether this information is true or whether it should just probe whether there is a possibility? There is a, let's, let's start with there is a possibility. Okay. And then on the second leg, then we then check is that, is that particular statement true? Now, mm. On that basis, you then have the president, who is a subject of this particular, uh, I, I don't even want to call this a, 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 an inquiry or an investigation, of this fact-finding mission. If the president that submits a statement and lays it there and says, yes, in, in fact, there is a farm which is attached to me, I do partake in the activities of that particular farm, and I was, I was reported or reported to as to an incident that has taken place, there is a large sum of money which was given or that exchanged within the particular farm and which was stolen, and I did report that particular matter to a member of the SAPS. So on the first task of the panel, on that particular basis, they've, they've managed to pass the stage. Now, then the other question would be, would you want, wouldn't you want to know that what happened within one of your president's residence, which led to a criminal offense which was not investigated in a normal manner, where did the amount of money come from? What was what was what it's going to be used for? And then at the end of the day, be able to exonerate or find the president guilty. Now, what the committee is saying on the, on that basis, that information which is there undisputed, submitted by the president. Let another panel, which much more stronger powers than us, then begin the second phase of this investigation and inquiry by che- by checking and giving them more powers. And those powers would be call upon the individuals that were there, subpoena them, sit them down, be able to ask them, probe questions to them, even call the law enforcement agencies, ask them where are you where are you with this investigation? Is there even a case number that has been submitted? How far are you? Call SARS, call the, the South Can Reserve Bank and be able to establish the accuracy of all mm-hmm. these instances in which you are referring to. So that's what the panel that's what the panel is saying. The panel is not saying that the president is guilty. At the same time, they're not saying that the president is not guilty. They're simply saying, with the powers, the time, and the resources that we had, we couldn't be, we can't establish that particular fact. But in one of the tasks that we're given, we have established that indeed there's a sequence of events that took place on this particular day, and they indeed correct. They've been admitted by the person who's the subject matter of this of this incident. Let the second leg of the investigation begin. Okay. Um, I've heard some um, reports as well as analysts, legal analysts, they're arguing that one of the reasons that the report is flawed is, for instance, that um, the it almost nullifies that the president had actually reported the case by speaking to um, General Ruder about it. 
And of course, the panel's report itself speaks about amendments that were made to PRICA that in case there is any knowledge of such a possibility of a crime that have been committed over and above 100,000 uh, rand, that that case must be reported to a member of the DPCI, which is the Hawks. Now, take that within the context of saying this is not the only transgressions which is alleged. And I'll take it back to what the Constitution then says under those three things. Did the President undertake any, any, any other paid work? Did they put himself in a position which can expose him to a conflict of interest between his official responsibilities and private interests? Or did he use information which was entrusted to him to reach himself and properly with those, with those that are around him? Now, the definition of PECA then only adds to what the president is currently being investigated for, because the number one thing which the president must be investigated for is, Mr. President, were you engaging in other work other than the work of being the president of the country? If the answer is no, why did they feel the need to update you as to millions of friends that were lost within your farm and give you blow-to-blow updates as to certain sales which have been taking place? Are you, are you actively involved in the particular farm or not? The other type of question in which the president would have to answer to now, coming back to PRECA, depending on how you want to interpret that particular clause to, to, to me, there's a school of thought that would say, now, the president is number one citizen of the country, is shown to us that he's going to abide by all the laws and other problems of the institution. Now, he is the only person who is listed as an entity shareholder under the closed corporation. At the yeah. end of the day, he's the accountable individual of the closed corporation, regardless of what the fact of what he promised us earlier. Now, if anything takes or happens within that particular closed corporation, he's the one that will have to answer. And in, in another in another sphere, if something were to happen to the bank accounts of that particular closed corporation, it is the president which is going to mm. go to the bank and, and sign those documents. So it's accountable in, in, in one way in one in one way or another when it comes to SARS paying taxes. He's one of the individuals which must which, which would account as to the tax activities of that particular entity, regardless of the fact that may be delegated to someone else. But the buck stops with him with that particular entity. Yeah. So at the end of the day, he is an accountable person, whether we like it or not. But most importantly, he must make sure that he abides with every single legislation which is applicable to us. And when there are instances where he has intentionally not done that, that certainly must be investigated. No, no Not saying that he's done so. However, if there is prima facie evidence that the, he may have delegated his duties or not complied with his duties, then a proper probe must be done. Thank you so much for your time. Pumelelo Zigalala there, who is a legal analyst.